meeting will now come to order 20-681 committee of the whole meeting notice wednesday december 16th mr clark mr president i didn't realize that john's iphone was actually was actually your let me see if i can make you a co-host hang on that would be me okay there you go so what we're going to do is this we'll, we're going to start the meeting and we'll have each organization present We'll hold questions to the end after that organization presents. We ask that the presentations are concise. We'll go from there. Does that sound good? Mr. President, I see that everybody is present except for Councillor Knight. So. Uh, if you need me, to, if you need me to take a roll call, I will. But I see everyone present except Councilor Knight. Councilor Knight has notified me that he had a family obligation and he is unable to attend tonight. So if you could please call the roll. Okay. Councilor Bears. Present. Vice President Carviello. Present. Councilor Knight has notified us that he's going to be absent. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morell. Present. Councilor Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present, six members present, one absent. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the opening meeting law, General Law Chapter 38, Section 18, in the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Memphis City Council Committee the whole will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Method or Method Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. There will be a meeting of the Method City Council Community Hall on Wednesday, December 16th, 2020 at 5.30 p.m. The purpose of the meeting is to discuss and review the most recent round of recommendations from the Community Preservation Committee. City Council has invited Community Pre Preservation Committee Chairperson Roberta Cameron, Community Pre Preservation Coordinator Daniel Evans, and representatives from the various organizations that have applied for grant funding. For further information, aids, and accommodations, contact the City Clerk at 781-393-2425. Sincerely yours, John C. Falco, Jr., Council President. I want to thank everyone for attending and thank you for your patience. Uh, we are having some uh, technological issues. Um, so we thank everyone for their patience. Um, Roberta, at this point in time, do you, uh, would you like to have the, uh, the uh, various representatives uh, make presentations? Mr. Clark, I'm not sure if you have to unmute um, Roberta so we can hear her. Thank you. Yes, um, I would like to ask the 
I don't have an order of of the presentations that you're going to be hearing this evening, but I'd like to ask the um, the presenters <coughs> to begin. Is uh, perhaps um, we could start with Kevin Bailey. Dr. Artebis, uh I would ask you at this point in time to unmute Kevin Bailey. Uh, good evening. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 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 the city councils for having me tonight. Um, our goal today is to uh, present on um, doing an update to Tufts Pool. Uh, particularly, we're looking to do two renovations. Uh, one is to replace the concrete pool deck, and the second one is to install a water mushroom in our waiting pool area. Uh, the amount that we're currently requesting is uh, $276,000, uh, what we received uh, to be able to do that. Uh, as many of, me, many of you know, uh, we've started the rec department about, um, um, we've completed our third year operating Tufts Pool and Wrights Pond, and we are at a point where we want to do a couple of, um, a couple of, couple of renovations to our facilities. Uh, particularly when it comes to Tufts Pool, uh, when you look at the pool deck area, um, has done there has been a lot of wear and tear. We've been doing um, some concrete work already, but when you're doing patches, of course, it's coming up. There's a lot of loose concrete. There's different areas of the pool where the main pool is actually sinking a little bit down and it's creating a gap um, between the um, frame of the pool and the pool deck itself. Uh, so there's a lot of areas that um, needs attention. When we brought out um, a couple of companies to look at the pool deck itself, um, we looked at different patch job areas that there was uh, made sense to be able to do the pool deck completely over or if it made sense to do patches. Um, really, when you look at the amount of areas that need to be patched up, it made more sense to do the entire pool deck over itself. Um, so the project that we're looking at is to remove the uh, concrete on the pool deck itself to replace the steel. Um, there are different areas, for example, where the rebar is actually exposed. So we wanna make sure that when the concrete gets removed that the rebar is also um, put back into place and we'll be pouring a new concrete uh, deck. We'd also include uh, installing new anchors uh, by the ladders and at the handicap lift. And then of course, the other part is to install a water mushroom. Um, we felt that this is the time if we were going to do any amenities in the waiting pool, any type of spray features, this would definitely be the time to do that when the pool deck is being ripped up because of course we would need to do piping from the filter room to the waiting pool area. So as the concrete's removed, it is a little bit easier to lay down the pipe and install a water mushroom. Um, as I said, the pool itself um, is, it is showing a lot of wear. We felt like this is a project that needs to be done um, relatively soon. Um, it has expanded its, its life. Um, and again, as I mentioned, um, when we did look at different areas that might need a patch, uh, there was just so many areas. It made more sense for us to do the entire uh, pool deck over than to do the patch areas. Um, I will leave it to questions. Uh, that's gonna be at the end, Mr. Falco, Councilor Falco. Well, you know, why don't we, does anyone have questions regarding the pool that they would uh, like to uh, ask Kevin Bailey at this point in time? No, Mr. President. Uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm getting um, a lot of feedback. I wasn't able to hear your question. Against the pool, I, you can see that the uh, issues and I Okay, so uh, Tato Scott probably was just mentioning that he's been to the pool, he's seen, um, uh, I, I guess, the work that it needs, um, and he's in uh, support of the proposal? Okay, and he's in support of the proposal. Are there any questions? Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, this question may be for uh, Roberta Cameron and her group, but is there a contingency built into all these proposals tonight? Tonight, and if so, what percentage? Yes, there is a contingency built into each of the proposals. The um, actually, I would defer to Kevin Bailey to describe the contingency built into the. Um, Recreation Department proposal because their estimate was more detailed than estimates for some of the other projects. So we assumed that the contingency had already been um, been allowed for in the budget for the pool project. The other projects we built in, what was it, Danielle? I think a 20% contingency, did we say, um, was built into all of the other um, projects. Um, so I can say for our estimate uh, that we did receive, contingency was actually included in there. Um, I do believe it was 20% as well, but I would have to look back on past emails. It was either 10 or 20%, I'm not sure exactly the percentage, um, but it was included in the uh, original quote that I received for it. Yes, Council Marks, please. Is the contingency uh New or has that always been the process that this group works on? I'm sorry, um, Councilor Mark, was that directed to me or Ms. Cameron? Probably more of the group, Roberta Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. Is the contingency as part of the proposals? Is that always been part of the process, or is that something relatively recent? Um, we're learning as we go. We have it's been different for different projects. Um, do the applicants provide us with an estimate that they've obtained to um, to develop their budget? And we're learning as we go to not trust that those estimates include the amount of contingency that's needed. Because as you know, we've had to come back to the council a couple of times for a couple of the projects, or maybe there was a contingency that was built in, but it wasn't sufficient. So we looked at the budgets for each of the projects this round. And if we didn't see that the contingency was built into their budget, we added 20% to their request to ensure that what we would be asking the council for would have a, as, as good a chance as we can envision to be able to meet the need for that project. So please, please continue. So uh, are we finding out, it may be too early, but are we finding out, Roberta, that much of the contingency is rolled back to the funds or are they being utilized? Um, 
Well, if the funds are not utilized, they they do they they aren't given to the applicant. They they stay with the CPC and they go back into the program for future funding rounds. Um, so far, I I I I would have to defer to Danielle for the projects that have been completed. Which ones have utilized their entire budget versus had funds left over to be returned into the account? And of those, which of them had included a contingency ahead of time or which had requested a margin that was very close to the um, original estimate? I, I, I'm not sure that I can answer that question without doing some research. So is it okay to speak on that or not at this point? I don't, I, I, I couldn't completely hear your question, um, but I don't know exactly what our experience has been to date without doing some research as to how much of the contingency has been used on each of the projects. Okay, so, so my, my question more or less is, if this is a new process where every project receives a 20% contingency added on, number one, First question, and it seems to me that this is a new process. Um, and secondly, if the money is not used, that money rolls back into the general fund, correct? Correct. And will that will that be for additional projects for the same calendar year? Or is that something that will roll over to next year? Um, so when the project is completed any unspent funds are returned to the CPA general account. So, and that the, the CPA general account can keep accruing and accumulating and being used by, by future projects in any year. Um, so when we add 20% to the recommended budget, that is just trying to ensure that we don't have to return to the council if something unexpected comes up in the course of the project. The money will stay with the CPC if it's not spent and and will come back to us for use for future projects if it's not spent. All right, and, and, and I don't disagree with that process. The only thing that I would have exception with is if the 20% across the board is not being utilized, and could have gone to other projects in that given calendar year, then we're, we're kind of wasting our time putting money into projects that's not being utilized. Um, you know, 20% times the eight projects, I'm sure adds up to tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and I just want to make sure that uh, if that's the process going forward, that if we are creating this contingency and it's being utilized, that's fine. But it's not being utilized, Maybe we have to revisit the amount, the percent uh, in projects to receive a contingency and so forth. I can appreciate your concern. Um, we are just trying to do due diligence and ask for what's needed. For example, you'll see later this evening, we have a, um, a grant request from the Brooks estate for $30,000 we didn't build a contingency into that request because we had a very high um, expectation of the accuracy of the $30,000 for that project because of the fact that this is a late phase for something that 
if they ran out of funds, they could just stop where they are. So this there's the contingency is based on our perceived our perception of the need to build a contingency into their budget. It's not just an automatic across the okay. board um, practice. Okay, I, I guess I was under the impression from my original question that this was applied to all of the eight proposals that were before us, the 20% contingency. So I, I might have misunderstood that. Uh, so case by case. Case by case, correct. Thank you. Yes. Mr. Clerk, if I may. Let's see, uh, I would ask, do any consults have any other questions at this time? I call upon Vice President Carviello. Kevin, uh, the pricing of the pool deck, uh, the pool deck, is that like normal uh, maybe? I'm sorry, um, Councilor Carviello, I, I got the part of your question, but I missed the, the second part of it. The price of the pool deck. Is it wear and tear was the question? Yes. I mean, I, I know that they, the, the, the water pressure on the way to the pool is something new, but, um, but the my general the thought is that just normal wear and tear? Um, without having uh, an, an expert look at it, my assumption looking at the pool deck, it would be wear and tear. Um, of course, over time, uh, you know, the pool itself um, has aged over the years. So there is probably has been some movement that might have created some of the uh, gaps around the pool deck area. But when you look at the loose concrete, um, you look at the areas that are so worn that rebar is starting to show, I would imagine that is wear and tear. Um, and also say just uh, talking to other um, talking to construction workers and project managers on that one of the things I asked of course was how long is the lifespan if we do the pool deck over how long should it last and they're saying about 30 to 50 years uh, so just going on when this pool deck was uh, built it of course has already uh, surpassed the lifespan of what I'm getting right now Yes, Mr. President. Uh, I can't. Okay, so I, I believe all the counselors have asked their questions. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and now I'm hearing from Patrick Gordon. Are we all set? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everyone to be patient for a minute. It looks like we may have restored. Um, all the technology we need to restore to get this off the ground. So you want us to shut our phones off? Okay, I'm gonna ask everyone to please shut off your phones.
should we get can you, uh, Mr. Clark? Yes, sir. Okay, I think we're good. Okay, thank you everyone for your patience. Um, so I, I'm gonna thank uh, Kevin Bailey for his report on the pool. Up next, uh, Kevin, did you have another application you wanted to talk about? Nope, that is, uh, that is my one for this year. That is your one for this year, okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, counselors. Thank you. I'd like to um, ask that we bring Heidi Davis forward to talk about the Conservation Commission's project. Okay, Heidi Davis. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute you right now. And, and can you give us when, when uh, Heidi? Could you give us the name of your project? Does everyone present? If you could just please give us the name of your project, just so we make sure we have the correct paperwork in front of us. Sure. This is the stormwater best management practice that will be on Riverside Ave. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me this evening. Um, I'm representing the Conservation Commission on this grant proposal. We have requested a grant of $40,000 from CPC to explore a stormwater best management practice on Housing Authority property. Uh, there is an existing paved drainage swale that accepts water from about an acre of paved property and discharges it untreated into the Mystic River. And as typical of parking lots, this untreated stormwater consists of sand, trash, oils, and grease. And there should, it should not be discharging untreated into the Mystic River. So we'd like to explore some kind of treatment for this. And when you talk about treating stormwater, you're, you talk about both treating the quality of the stormwater as well as the quantity. So any kind of what we call best management practices would explore both trying to attenuate peak flows and also treat the contaminant portion. And um, so we've applied for funds that would explore a design for this property as well as bring it through permitting. Thank you. Any questions from the council? Yes, Councilor Morell. So this existing swale, this is in a parking lot? It's not in a parking lot. It's in a grassed area. It just accepts flows from a from parking, parking lot. lot. Okay. It's in a grassed area and it runs uh, perpendicular to the river between the two housing authority properties. Okay, great. Thank you. If I can, Mr. President. Councilor Scarpelli. Um, th thank you for bringing this forward. I think it's very important. My question is, um, I'm not familiar with uh, the stormwater improvements up and down the Riverside Ave corridor and into the Mystic. Is this, would this be one of the major contributors to that area or are we just, uh, is this happening in other areas and is it, is it feasible just to do, look at this improvement without looking at the bigger picture all the way down the corridor? It would be it would be great to look at the bigger picture up and down the corridor, um, but this is as this is an incremental step in the right direction. If this project goes well, it could serve as a pilot project, and conceivably there could be other projects. We're working in collaboration with the Mystic River Watershed Association, and of course they would like to explore additional projects. But at this point, uh, we're just exploring this one project. 
So uh, there have been other, there was another recent stormwater best management practice developed at the Andrews School. A rain garden was constructed a couple of years ago. So again, these are incremental improvements, but a, a step in the right direction. So I, I, I can appreciate this. I, I just, I don't know if I could fully support it in the sense that if it's just putting a finger in the dike for one area, or could this be used, or funding could be used to look at a greater study of all of the corridor instead of just looking at one piece. It, it you know, excuse my ignorance toward it, but it, it, to me it looks like if we have, if we have 15 different leaks and we're having contaminants come in from 15 different areas, but we're gonna spend this funding on this one area without looking at all of them. I know it, it's, it's a start, but I would like to see a more of a comprehensive plan of what the whole area looks like before I, I would commit to um, putting full funding toward this, this initiative. I know that's just me, but I just, like I said, I, I just, I don't think this is enough to, to help me understand that this fixes one area, but still we have, you know, two drains on either side that's still feeding it um, pollutants at the same time. It really defeats the purpose. So I would like to see, you know, it, it would have been nice to see what kind of a, a broader plan would be. If this, if this was the beginning of a broader plan, I think I could easily support it. It's, it's, I, I'd love to support it, but again, I, I think this is my concern right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, there was previous planning, including an evaluation of um, several different sites that was done by a consultant hired by the city in 2016 in a report entitled Stormwater Assessment for the Improvement of River Herring Habitat in the Mystic River, and that brought 10 designs forward and implemented one. And so the project that we're exploring is taking one of the 10 that they didn't pursue and trying to implement that. So it, it, yes, it would be great to be able to implement all 10 of them, but that, it's very, that would be very ambitious and would take a, a full-time staff person to do that probably. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President, and I want to thank Heidi for being on the call tonight. Heidi, if you could just explain, um, is this property owned by the Method Housing Authority? Yes, it is. Okay. And what responsibility would they have, um, according to any EPA or other laws, uh, in upgrading uh, this particular area, if any? Uh. There are stormwater requirements through the EPA MS4 permit. And I am not, um, for, I'm sorry, but I'm not up to speed with the requirements and when the city needs to implement the MS4 permit. That would be a, a great question for the city engineer. Okay, and, and the reason why I ask is that um, if, if I know within our city, as you mentioned, uh, there are a number of areas that uh, this type of work could be applied um, uh, on our end, on our streets, um, on our property. And uh, I noticed within the proposal, it also mentions that this will require maintenance 
and that the Method Housing Authority is willing to assume the maintenance of it. Uh, so I'm just wondering what responsibility they bear uh, in this project. Uh, they're committing to maintenance, uh, although can we hold their feet to the fire? What if uh, within the year they decide not to do maintenance to it uh, and it clogs up? Um, do we have any teeth that we could pursue this as a community? I'm just trying to figure out uh, where this is on their property, what authority we have uh, in making sure this gets maintained. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a valid point. Uh, this project would also require an order of conditions through the Conservation Commission. And the Conservation Commission will require that there be ongoing maintenance of any kind of stormwater feature as part of the permitting. Okay, and, and is that indefinite or does that have a certain length of time? No, that's in perpetuity. In perpetuity? Okay. Uh, that's great to hear. And it also mentions about uh, future funding requirements uh, that possibly an additional $85,000 may be needed over multiple years. Uh, is, is, can you just explain what that goes to? Well, it, not over multiple years, just one. Um, the 40000 that we've requested is for updating design plans and for permitting. And it also would include any kind of um, some soils evaluation because there, aren't any, is, there isn't any soil evaluation now. And so the, the 80000 which is a very rough estimate, would be for a future grant for construction of the project. This is just to bring it to construction ready. Okay, so I just want to make sure we're on the same page then. Uh, I'm looking at page three or four, and it says require funding over multiple years. Yes, funding will be required for construction of the proposed stormwater best management practice. Approximate future funding requirements will, will be 85,000. So it, and that's perhaps I, I did not answer that correctly, but construction only will happen once. And so it's only a one-time construction fund that's needed. So in addition to the 40,000, there will be a request for 85,000 at some point? At some point, yes. Okay. Um, and, and has there been any discussion with the Method Housing Authority uh, to pitch in where it's on their property? Well, they'll be pitching in in kind through the management of the, the stormwater feature, the management and maintenance of it. Right but nothing regarding construction. We're, we have not reached that point yet. That is certainly something I could request of them, but. I, and the only reason why I say that, uh, Heidi, and, and uh, you may, may or may not know, and um, I think it was a few years back that I questioned uh, one of the grants that came before us, and it was to convert from, I believe, oil to gas for the housing authority on Riverside Ave. And we had the director come in, and uh, I questioned the fact that they had, uh, I, I believe it was several million dollars in uh, their rainy day fund for projects. And I asked why we would have to go through our CPA uh, to uh, retain uh, this funding in order to do their project. And, and I understand, I don't want to make it an us against them, but uh, they are a federal slash state agency. And I'm just wondering why we have to use uh, local city money to fund their projects. And this, to me, uh, I, I realize the benefit of this, 
and I probably will support this tonight, but I, I don't know why they're not stepping up to the plate, uh, knowing that they have uh, last, uh, the count I heard last was several million dollars uh, in uh, rainy day funds for projects uh, within the Method housing. And maybe, Mr. President, we can make it part of uh, this committee report that we get an update on uh, maintenance in uh, rainy day uh, funds that they have, the Method Housing Authority has set aside, Mr. President, because this was going back, I think, uh, well over a year ago. Um, but so I'm just curious why uh, we haven't really put our foot in the gas pedal and asked them to step up to the plate as well. Um, and that doesn't require an answer because I don't think you would know that answer. Um, but if those conversations can be had, I think it would be helpful uh, knowing that there's another phase and, uh, you know, we stepped up to the plate for this phase and then the next phase, uh, we are going to look that they, uh, you know, pitch in or, you know, pay their fair share uh, regarding, uh, you know, something that's on their own property. Um, <coughs> although it benefits the entire community, I, I understand that benefit. Um, so. That's all the questions I have right now, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, any other questions from the council? Okay. Heidi, if I may. Um, there was a Councilor Marks that get asked a question about the maintenance, uh, the debris. Uh, let's see, constructed stormwater feature would re will require maintenance as sand and debris will need to be removed from the uh, sediment four bay. And the housing authority will assume this maintenance. How, how often does that does that occur? Do you know offhand? Annually, usually. Oh, once a year, they they go in and. Okay, just yep. curious. Thank you very much. Um, any other questions for the council? Council Scott Kelly. Just again, like I think Council Mox made. That was I was looking at the required funding. I thought that was part of this too. Was was the eighty-five thousand? So, the budget today is forty thousand. We're asking for correct. That's correct. Okay, thank you. Okay. Mr. President, too. Council Marks. Well, we have Heidi on the phone, and uh, I'm always impressed when I hear Heidi speak because uh, she seems to be an expert on all these uh, issues, um, and, and a lot of them intrigue me, especially with I and I and storm water runoff and so forth, um, uh, Mr. President. But recently, there was a project done in the city on many of our catch basins. And a lot of them were mocked um, with, I forget what, what the mocking was, but they put some type of mocking on there that showed that there was some type of meshing or some type of filtration system put within the stormwater uh, catch basins mm -hmm. in order to catch a lot of the grease and oil and other sand and stuff that's uh, making its way to the Mystic River. I was just wondering if she can uh, give us a brief explanation uh, if that was done in this corridor, and if that's been successful, if, if she's aware of that. Okay. Thank you, Council Marks. Heidi, if you would ma mind. Uh, I, I appreciate the compliments, but, but um, I am not familiar with uh, the stormwater catch basin upgrades. In general, it, it's always good to have oil and grease traps and a deep sump catch basin to capture. Uh, as exactly as you said, the oil and grease is prior to discharge into a, a water body such as the Mystic River. So I, I am not aware of 
any reports or the um, the efficiency of them. Of course, they have to be maintained. If the catch base, if the oil and grease trap is not cleaned out, it'll eventually get washed downstream. So with proper maintenance, it's definitely an improvement. Right. So, so Mr. President, if as part of the report, not mm -hmm. part of this particular grant, report. but as part of the report, if we can get an update from the city administration on uh, the catch basin program uh, that took place in the community, what percent of the catch basins uh, had this filtration system added to the catch basins? How successful is, has it been? And has there been maintenance uh, since these have been installed? I think that would be helpful. Okay. Thank you, Council Max. Thank Clark, you, Mr. President. Clark Curtis, do you have the uh, wording? Uh... We're good, Mr. President. Okay. We're going to just break for a second just to let the clerk update his minutes. Council Marks, I just want to make sure that you asked for an update on the, cat, on the catch basin program for the administration, and you're asking what percentage of the catch basins has been completed and what percentage needed to get the maintenance upgrades? In, in regard to stormwater, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call infiltration. Uh, I'm not sure what the stormwater runoff. I guess. I guess that's. I, I know they put some type of mechanism in there to catch uh, the sand and and uh, grease and oil and other debris that's heading uh, eventually into the Mystic River to head that off. Um, and I believe they have. A little emblem of a fish. I don't know if people have seen that on the, correct. on the catch basin. You see it on the curb or uh, on the side. I've yeah, seen yeah. it. On, yeah, I've seen it on a fair number of them. Uh, I, I just don't know anything more about the program, and um, it would be helpful to, uh, as a council, to be updated on that. Okay, I'll put that in the report. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, seeing that there are no further questions, uh, we can move on to the next uh, organization. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, Heidi. Okay, up next, Heidi. Uh, oh, okay, Roberta, who's up next? Thank you. I'd like to invite the library to um, present their project next. Okay, so we have the Memphis Public and Library. I think we have a few people here to speak for the library. Okay. Let's see if so I think we're going to begin with Holly Sargent. Okay. Okay, Holly, I'm trying to unmute you right now. Okay, Holly, there you go. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank um, you. And President Falco, could you allow me to um, share my screen, please? Absolutely. Clark Hardabies, could you uh, allow Holly to share her screen, please? All set, co-host. Okay, you're good, thank you. For, for welcoming us here this evening. I'm joined by Kelsey Laser of our architecture firm, Schwartz Silver, and of course, 
uh, the library director, Barbara Kerr. So our project is to optimize the exterior space for the new Charlotte and William Bloomberg Medford Public Library. Um, we seek $275,000 from the CPA to ensure that the exterior grounds uh, are beautifully and sustainably landscaped, consistent with the landscape design approved by the building committee. Further, it seeks to provide funds for the 1,000 square foot terrace plaza that has been designed for the east side of the new building. This ADA accessible outside space will have seating and tables for reading, recreation, and social gathering. I don't need to tell all of you um, how important this is, how much focus this is, and how it basically um, serves the entire uh, community. Community. It also, of course, occupies a very highly visible location um, that basically influences the amount of green, um, in a sense, and the whole visage of, of people entering the city. The two components um, that we are asking for support for here align with the CPA priorities. Um, basically, those are two, create, uh, two categories on the matrix, the creation of open space and the creation of recreational space. Um, the landscaping plan will provide um, incredible number of trees, shrubs, and ground cover to use every single inch um, that we can. Um, this will make Medford Square greener, which is one of the priorities and goals of the uh, community preservation plan. In addition, uh, the outside space as well as the terrace area will allow for outside activities, for teaching, or uh, also for gatherings of seniors, etc., for book clubs. At this point, as you know, in the city, there are, there are not extensive areas where you can sit outside and enjoy the environment and also have um, uh, area. I'm going to turn it now over to Kelsey Laser, who will discuss a little bit about the plot plan and what we're attempting to do with this project. If you could unmute Kelsey Laser, please, okay. President Falco. Sure. Let's see. Okay, Kelsey. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kelsey from Schwartz Silver Architects. Uh, what we have for you on this slide is basically a bird's eye view of the site, um, which I'm sure most of you who know is kind of right on the outskirts of the the perimeter of Medford. Um, Square, and we have a pretty large site that's over 57,000 square feet. As you can see, about 25 or about 40% of that is the building footprint itself, um, while 25% of it is trees and ground cover. We also, kind of at the southeast corner, you can see a thousand square foot public plaza, and then the remaining area of the site is sidewalk and parking. Um, this site provides for, um, in addition to several more parking spaces than the old library, we have on the west side of the building a rain garden for stormwater mitigation runoff. We have, um, we're maintaining the old heritage beech tree over on the east side of the site that was there. Um, from the old library, we're adding the public plaza at the corner. Um, we're also providing for several areas of, of bike racks, um, 
and including a, a bicycle repair station and an electric vehicle charging station. And the site also has on the south um, and east several kind of low seats retaining walls um, for some additional seating space. This uh, image board was prepared by our landscape architect, uh, Deborah Myers Landscape Architects. And basically um, we are providing for 22 different species of plants on the sites, including deciduous and evergreen trees, shrubs, perennials, vines and ground cover. Um, our landscape architect has done a really good job as you can kind of see from the, the diagram on the left about trying to make sure that there's at least some color and visual interest throughout spring, summer, and fall. We can go to the next page. Um, and then now um, the furniture committee for the library group has kind of just started talking about furnishing. So these plans, the counts are not set in stone nor are the, the specific pieces of furniture, but we just wanted to give an idea of kind of the different types of seating that we're providing, including cafe tables and chairs, um, some more kind of Adirondack outdoor lounge style seating for people to read. Um, and then also a request from the library was for some sort of gaming, outdoor gaming tables for, you know, chess or, or backgammon. Um, at the terrace as part of uh, Holly and the Medford Public Library Foundation's fundraising efforts. It'll be paved with these engraved pavers um, sponsored by different members of the community. Um, and the lighting at the site, in addition to having kind of building mounted area lighting for the site, will have these illuminated handrails uh, to light up the stair access which is off of high street but you can also kind of see it's somewhat hidden by these photos but there's also direct access from the sidewalk at grade um, from hillside ave so that the terrace will be completely accessible to everyone in the community thank you kelsey so to just give you the overview of the budget and how our request fits in um, basically we have um, the optimizing the external part of the of the library or the site basically um, consists of all of these categories the site work the curbing the granite and pavers etc and um, you will see that basically um, the that the overall cost of the project as you all know is 27.5 million this project cost that we're looking at in terms of the exterior is 600, a total of 680. Um, other sources of revenue, all of these landscaping expenses basically have to be paid with private funds. They are ineligible for funds under the state grant. Therefore, we have private fundraising campaigns to cover the expenses um, in terming the naming of, of the plaza, for example, a buy a paver plant, but also a plant, a seed. Of the total of 680,000, basically we have commitments to date for over 275,000 in place. Um, and we are continuing to raise money as Kelsey mentioned in the paver campaign. Our request to the CPA is for the 275,000. And that would basically cover the planting, the irrigation, as well as the lighting that, that Kelsey um, mentioned. The other um, pieces of the plan and the budget would be covered by um, other monies. I'm happy to answer any questions. Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Uh, 
Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, just so I understand then, the request uh, of uh, the funds from us is 275000 Yes. You said you had a commitment of 275000 So far. And the total project cost is 680000 Yes. Which would leave $130,000 that we're anticipating uh, through fundraising? Yes. That is all part of the fundraising effort targets that we will um, be con concluding at the time that the new library opens. So those, uh, there are targets and proposals in place for, um, for this money. Right, so, so if the full uh, fundraising is uh, not uh, expected uh, or not received, then uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, decisions made on what may stay or what may go. And how do we know that uh, you will not be coming back again uh, for another 130000 to finish this project? The, um, the foundation board um, basically is committed um, you know, to make good on these commitments in terms of the targets. Um, the private funding covers a number of things, including um, things inside the library, furnishings um, and other technology, et cetera. Um, and there will be a number of other um, fundraising examples to cover that. So um, there will, um, you know, we will make good on, on this, um, on the completion of, of this project. And we will not return to um, the, the CPA or the CPC for more funding. So if, if the money is not realized, uh, will there be plans to cut back on the scope of what the exterior may look like? Because I, I realize everyone has you know, hopes and dreams, but sometimes that may not be reality. Um, and we still have a lot of fundraising to do uh, in order to keep up with the commitment of what was supposed to be raised originally. Um, so I just want to make sure that, you know, if, if we're going to put forth 275000 that it, there's other funding source that's going to be available to realize the full 680. And right now I'm only seeing another 275 and not the 130, which concerns me. Um, you know, Could you please unmute, uh, un unmute Barbara Kerr? Sorry, Barbara. Um. Barbara, I'm trying to unmute you right now. There you go. Can I just mute myself? You can hear me. Okay. Yes. Um, the original commitment was $4 million. That would cover the things not covered by the grant. Um, that would be furniture, equipment, and landscaping. We have raised that amount. So we will have the money to cover the rest of the landscaping. It isn't, there is no question of that. So, so tonight, the 275 commitment, can we raise that with an additional 130 to say we have the full funding? Well, we will have yes. yeah. I mean, the, the um, we have the amount in the 275,000 of absolutely designated funds of people who have said they want to do pavers or they want to name the plaza. 
we have an additional $130,000, much more than $130,000 in unassigned funds that can be used to um, complete this amount if there are not designated funds that are raised. Okay, so as long as we have that commitment, uh, I have no problem with that, as long as that commitment's there. So okay. as, far, as far as I'm concerned, there's a commitment for $405,000 towards this project, of which CPA will ha add an additional 270, uh, 275, which will bring us to the total project of 680. Yes. Yes, sir. And there's also 20% contingency built into this, is that correct? Roberta, so. Roberta, Roberta, is there? Or Danielle, um, you know, the, the overall project budget uh, for the building of the library of which this is a part has a contingency that is a part of uh, that that is managed by our contractor and um, the, the team uh, on which Barbara sits. So an additional contingency is not required. Right, but, but from what you're saying is that this wasn't part of the scope of the project, the exterior work. So oh, yes, it was. When we, back in the, remember the hearings? <laughs> All right. Um, the funding for the project at the time, when we came to the city for the funding, we were able to take $4 million out of the total, and we, um, I can't think of the word. We, we made a commitment to raising that with private funds. And that $4 million covers all of the landscaping. And we have raised the $4 million. So this, the total scope of the landscaping can be covered from with the CPA money and with the private funding. Does that make sense? Right, but I, but I, thought, I thought I read within this package that uh, the uh, exterior of the building is an ineligible funding through state grant. Is that not correct? Right. So the money to pay for it has to come from private fundraising. Right. So, so why would a contingency as part of the funding for the library be a contingency for the exterior, which is uh, paid for privately? I'm not sure how that would apply. The contingency is for the entire project of $27.5 million, um, of which the exterior um, required funds are part. So I'm saying that um, the the contractor has and and the um, has a budget that includes a contingency amount. Kelsey, how much is the contingency that's actually built into the overall? Ten percent. And you unmute, Kelsey. Okay. All right, um, I believe the overall, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, um, but the total project contingency was I think around 1.3 million for the project. And to date, um, the city has committed, I think about 300,000 of that. So so we're not even you know close to, to exceeding the contingency at this point. Um, and we've also on site on the project basically gotten through, I think all of the kind of typically most expensive change orders that you see, which is usually kind of excavation and, and getting out of the ground, um, which were already done, um, steel, steel is up. So 
we're not expecting to require any further contingency beyond what's already provided for in the project budget. So, so just so I understand then, if uh, there is a balancing in that contingency fund, which I'm hearing there will be, that could be used for the exterior of the building, i.e. Uh, the project that we're looking at now. I believe so, yes. Yes, because it's yeah. part of the overall $27.5 million budget. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, we have Vice President Carviello has the next question. Vice President Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Holly. Uh, for the presentation this evening, I think um, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing, but um, the foundation has raised uh, over four million dollars right now. So um, the the, the money is there to pay for this. It, it was just trying to help defray the cost uh, to the city's end. Am I correct in saying that, Holly? Yes. Well, right. Yes. Yes, that's true, right? Yeah. yeah. So so the money is there. Um, again, uh, it, it's part of the whole. $27 million project, uh, they're trying to raise as much money as possible to just keep defraying costs uh, from, the, from the city having the, uh, on the bottom line. It's really that, That's all, all we're doing is trying to keep the bottom line to, to the lowest uh, amount possible. So I, I, think that's what, I think that's what she's trying to say, that, would, that there, is money, it, there is money there, but each project is something separate. Uh, the paper project it will hopefully and I think uh, I think by the time that it's right open, the paper project will sell out, and because um, almost half of them are already sold now, uh, that that will pay for that. And and they, but again, it still it still continues to take off the bottom line of, of the project. The amount of the amount of money that will at the end will actually have to bond uh, on our end. So. Thank you, Vice President Carviello. Any other questions from the councilors? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think we're good. Okay. Thank you Thank so you. much for your time. We appreciate your presentation tonight. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, Roberta, who's up next? And let me unmute you. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Sorry, I keep muting myself. No worries. Um, so the next I'd like to ask Tom Lincoln to talk with us about the um, Brooks Estate project. Tom Lincoln. So this is the, is this the? Um, I think you'll have to unmute Tom. Is this, is this the, uh, Tom, oh, Tom, you were unmuted, one minute. So is this for the wall or is this? For the phase three Brooks Street? Yes. Okay, phase three. Okay, this is phase three. Tom Lincoln. Tom, we can, Tom you've been unmuted. Okay, I'm sorry. There, uh, there's, there's the yellow. Uh, thanks. Uh, Tom Lincoln from uh, Medford Brooks Estate Land Trust. Uh, a straight ahead project here. This, uh, it was, we hope, will be the last uh, phase of the massive restoration of the historic Grove Street wall. Uh, if you've been uh, up there uh, any time in the recent uh, past, you'll notice we've made tremendous uh, progress on something that had been neglected probably for a century, <laughs> more or less. Um, uh, just to review, uh, we've completed phase uh, one, 
Uh, MBELT also, as we do with every CPA project, put in our own uh, privately raised uh, funds to extend uh, that project. We paid for another uh, 85, 90 feet uh, of uh, a wall. This is something you buy by the foot. Um, phase two, uh, which was funded by the CPA, uh, will start probably in the next couple of, of uh, weeks. Um, as you may recall, the wall, maybe you don't recall, but I do, uh, the, the wall is actually 1,475 feet long. About 40% of the wall is intact, about 60% is either missing entirely or uh, in uh, uh, rough shape. Um, we are asking for $30,000. We will also um, uh, contribute an additional $5,000. I think you might call that contingency uh, and then some. Um, uh, we hope uh, to be able to extend, knowing how many feet we've, we've purchased uh, in phase two, to extend uh, this uh, restoration uh, to the point where the wall is uh, still intact, or if not entirely intact, at a point where it only needs a few stones uh, here, and, uh, here and there. Uh, as somebody mentioned earlier when, when you were talking about contingency, uh, we have a lot of experience uh, on the per foot uh, basis here. Um, generally, this work, depending on conditions, costs between $150 and $180 uh, per, per foot. Uh, this is a wall that will be here long after anybody on this call uh, is on this earthly plane, I dare say. Um, so that's basically what, uh, what we're up to here. The wall is uh, a very big landscape feature for the historic Brooks estate. Uh, it, uh, it certainly has uh, improved the aesthetics of the west uh, end of the property. Uh, we've had a lot of nice comments and some uh, financial uh, contributions from neighbors and abutters uh, who are really happy to see something improve after so many decades uh, in uh, a considerable uh, uh, disarray. So I'd be happy to take any questions. Tom, thank you for your presentation. Councilor Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. So um, for Tom, just confirming, this is literally just extending it, the final piece of the Winchester line? Well, that, 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 that's the hope here. The, the, it depends on, it depends on, on the uh, bid uh, pricing, of course. Okay. Uh, but we think there's about 100, 125 feet where there's no wall at all uh, at the end of, of phase two. You have to think if we're sort of marching northward towards, uh, towards Winchester. And that takes us to the beginning or a little bit on uh, the beginning of the intact uh, portion. I'm not a you know a, a complete expert on wall construction. Certainly, we've certainly learned a lot. Uh, there will be some some things required, but we're hoping that this will also uh, cover some percentage of of, uh, of that. Um, just to remind the uh, the, uh, the council, we um, in the first two phases we committed five thousand dollars per phase of our own money, but we've actually spent uh, over twelve thousand uh, dollars of our own money there. So I think we've. Um, kept our promises there on, on uh, uh, that aspect of it. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Council Morrell. We have uh, Vice President Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Tom, uh, uh, I, commend you, I commend the group on the, on the first phase of the wall. It came out great. Uh, all the neighbors, and uh, I, I heard nothing but uh, uh, all positives about that. And I'm, and I'm glad um, that we're, we're going to follow. I'm sorry, uh, I missed. How much further is the wall going to go now? Uh, basically, phase two will be another 275 feet. Uh, we managed to negotiate that up from 250. Is that heading from heading from the wall that's already uh, there now? Uh, with the phase one and phase two, uh, 
all, all together are somewhat uh, a little bit north of 700 feet. Yeah. So if, if you do the math and, and you figure 40% more or less is intact, that's, that itself is about uh, 600 feet. And, it's, and it's, it's, is the same company going to be doing it? 50, 1475. The same company doing it that did the first well, phase? We, 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 we always put this out, out for bid, but there's certainly, uh, uh, you know, they have, and what the right word is, they have the experience, they have the sourcing, uh, and, I, and I think, I think as uh, Vice President Caraviello mentioned, they, they've really done a beautiful job. They did, this they did is, a great uh, job. Uh, this is the kind of work that it looks easy, but it, I don't think it is. It's, it's pack-breaking work. Uh, and also, it's, it, there's a lot more going on there in terms of, of the, the geometry and the physics of putting together a dry uh, New England traditional historic stone wall. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Vice Thank President you. Carviello. Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Uh, while we have Mr. Lincoln, I haven't seen Mr. Lincoln in a long time. Hello, Tom. Hi, how are you, sir? I'm well, thanks. Tom, we have a beautiful wall out there. Uh, when are we going to see a beautiful road leading to uh, the Brooks Manor and the eventual carriage house? Well, here's the thing. The, the uh, road, uh, access road design is, is uh, proceeding. Uh, we're hoping to have uh, the COVID, and you've heard this a million times, uh, certainly has put a crimp in, in, in schedules. Um, but we're hoping to have a, a preliminary uh, design is a very large, uh, complicated uh, project. Uh, involves both the access drive and associated infrastructure. Uh, we've also put in some additional funds against the CPA grant there uh, to to address some other infrastructure issues. Uh, we hope to have that uh, after the turn of uh, turn of the year. Uh, we will present it to the uh, stakeholders and and the public for for commentary. Um, uh, and uh, uh, go from there. The idea is to get pretty much construction level documents uh, and then as uh, Councilor Marks uh, hinted there, uh, then, then we'll uh, be looking for construction funding, which is a common theme with CPA projects, uh, or all projects uh, uh, actually. Uh, if, you, if you remember, the, the access drive is actually 1900 feet from Grove Street up to the uh, Shepherd Brooks Manor, so it's a very long driveway. And, and Tom, just if I could, that access road uh, will include underground utilities? Yes, that, uh, the, the, the goal there, uh, which we've talked about for a long time, is to, for example, right now the electricity marches up to the manor uh, on, a, on a number of poles. Uh, it's, very, it's vulnerable, it's also aesthetically displeasing, but it's, it's vulnerable to uh, uh, snowstorms, although a lot of work has been done uh, on that, uh, plus uh, a water line, uh, plus a gas line. The, the, the manor is now heated by oil, which is, is uh, um, really not, not feasible in the long term, economically, environmentally, etc. Um, and we're also talking about the um, uh, wastewater or su uh, sewerage uh, issue uh, from, uh, from the manor and the and of course, everything is being planned to anticipate uh, the eventual reuse of the carriage house in terms of the loading, in terms of water, in terms of, of uh, other uh, other utilities. So it's it's all it's all one big package in terms of the design. Well, I, I couldn't see better use for uh, historic preservation with this CPA money than the Brooks Estate. So I, I hope those conversations are being had now. 
uh, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Do you have any other questions from the council? What the Brooks State Councilor Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, and I'm lucky enough to serve on the MBELT board, and so I've seen some of the drafts of the access drive proposal that Tom is talking about, um, and also just have had time to really appreciate all the great work that Tom and everyone else on the board and all the folks who have been involved in the project have, have done over the past 20 plus years. Um, so the, I definitely am going to be supporting this. Um, and I also think that the uh, renovations and replacements of the of the wall on Grove Street um, have a great community benefit and just look great. So um, thank you, Tom, and thank you to everyone else at MBELT. Thank you, Council of any other questions from the council? Okay. Tom, Mr. President, can I ask a question? Yes, Clerk Hardebees. Mr. Lincoln, I'm sorry. I need, I, I, I'm writing up the report. I, I, I didn't hear what the original funding request was for, and I just want to put that in the report. Uh, for phase three, is $30,000. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, and we're going to uh, contribute an additional $5,000. Okay, thank you. Okay. Tom, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Roberta. Who thank you. Um, so we sent to you funding requests for eight projects for this evening. And as it turns out, two of our applicants, because of the short notice, weren't able to be with us this evening, representing the remaining four projects. One of those is the Historical Commission and three of them are projects for the Parks Department. Um, so, so that you know, so that you have the big picture, these are eight out of 12 projects that came to the CPC in this funding round. And we anticipate already bringing the remaining four projects to the council in January. We needed to do a little bit more work to vet those projects and to, finalize the scope and budget for those projects and the um, the the committee's um, conditions that they're placing on the projects so we needed to do a little bit of more research on those so I wanted to see whether the council preferred I would recommend that we um, postpone the historical commission project until next month giving a chance for both the historical commission and um, potentially um, Alicia Hunt of the Office of Community Development to be able to talk about park improvements um, in general and in, in that park as well as some other park projects that will be um, on our agenda next month. Um, with that, I wanted to see whether the council preferred that we could, I, I could talk and try to answer some questions about the other parks department projects, Duggar Park tennis courts, the Playstead basketball court and playground surfacing projects, um, which we've recommended and you've had a chance to see the applications and I've had a chance to see um, the presentation on these projects at our previous meeting or whether the council would prefer to postpone all of these projects um, that the applicants are not here to speak for until the January Mr. President. Um, meeting that we come to you. Okay, uh, Mr. President. Uh, Roberta Woman, we have Council Scarpelli, then Council Marx. Okay, Council Scarpelli. No, I, I, if, you, if you look at the three projects, I think this is something that um, 
you know, from the parks perspectives and the recreation piece, I think this is exactly what the community was looking for when they were looking for CPA money. At least the, the parents that we talked to at the playgrounds and at the, at the courts and at the fields. And I think this is a step in the right direction. So um, I, they're pretty self-explanatory. Self I mean, the place that basketball courts, uh, they're outdated, the surface is dangerous. Um, you look at the cost where my field is, uh, we do a lot of this in my field and we see what the, uh, what the cost will be and what we, we need to do to make this happen. I think we're right, we're right in line from what I see, my professional opinion. Um, and then when you're talking about the Duggar Park basketball courts, they are the most popular uh, and most used basketball, I mean tennis courts in the community. Um, and I think that, especially with the West Memphis Community Center and how much, uh, um, how much the, that organization uses those facilities, I think it's, it's, it's the, it's, it falls right into what we're trying to do, and at least for this council, why I supported the CPA. And, um, and I know the, uh, the renovation for the, the surfaces at uh, the playgrounds, both at Tufts, Capon, and and the Cummings, uh, being the former um, supervisor for the Recreation Department overseeing these parks, I think the last time they, they were resurfaced was back when I was uh, on the committee, when I was uh, part of the recreation team here in Medford, and that was in the early 90s. So um, uh, I think, like I said, I think they're pretty self-explanatory. I think the, they fall budget-wise right into an understandable uh, um, level, and I don't, for one council, I think we can move on those three. So, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, uh, Council Scarpelli. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President, and I fully agree with uh, Council Scarpelli. Uh, much of uh, what has been presented to us, I did read through. Uh, I know firsthand the need at Duggar Playstead and uh, Tufts, uh, Capon, and Cummings Parks. Um, you know, this is rehab work, Mr. President. As you know, in our uh, winter uh, and living in New England, it does a doozy on uh, much of uh, parks and play structures, and we're constantly trying to rehab and rehabilitate and, um, you know, do whatever we can. And uh, this lines up, I think, with the mission of the city, the mission with the CPA, and uh, the need is evident uh, in the community, Mr. President. And as soon as we get rid of this COVID, uh, I would hope our parks will be overrun, Mr. President, <laughs> with kids and people wanting to use our parks. And I, I couldn't see money uh, better spent. So I would ask for approval tonight on these projects and uh, concur with my uh, council colleague, Councilor Scarpelli. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Vice President Carviello. Thank you, thank you, Mr. President. Roberta, wasn't there talk about um, uh, Leslie College uh, doing some work at the at Duggar Parks tennis courts at some point? Did that ever did that ever come to fruition? Um, I I can only give hearsay answer to that question. I remember um, being in conversations about the potential for um, some of our playgrounds to have. Um, for us to partner with institutions in the area to um, 
make investments in some of our recreation facilities in exchange for being able to utilize them and there's a trade-off when they do so because the time that that we commit to letting them use the fields in exchange for the investment that they make takes away from the time that those fields are available to our community members so um, that's the nature of the discussions that I've heard but I, I don't know um, how how any of those conversations have progressed. Mr. President, if we can make that part of the report to find out uh, if Leslie College is, uh, is, is uh, still going to do that, because I, I remember the discussion of that happening. I don't know, I don't know where that went. Well, to be uh, directed to Mr. Maloney, he might have a, okay. he might have a better. Yeah, if they can get us an answer on, on, where, on where those conversations went uh, about Leslie College uh, doing, doing that. Thank you, Vice President Carviello. Uh, Clerk Herdebees, do you have that? And I, and I have no uh, problem voting on these other things this evening either. Okay. Uh, any other questions from the council? Mr. President. Council Marks. Just if I could for the edification of the public too, uh, it involves uh, you know doing a basketball court over at Playstead Park, uh, the tennis courts at Duggar Park, but also Mr. President at uh, three separate parks, Cummings, Tufts, and Caping Park, uh, they're replacing the uh, sand with uh, kid cushion friendly material and uh, if you've been in any park that has sand or wood chips the wood mulch you'll know that insects and uh, hornets hide under the wood mulch um, sharp objects could be in the sand uh, which poses a very uh, dangerous uh, issue for kids and so forth so putting this um, kid friendly cushion uh, is uh, entirely for the safety of our kids that are playing in the park and it's money well spent. So uh, that's why I'm supporting this tonight, Mr. Point President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. I would agree wholeheartedly with you. Councilor Scott Kelly. To follow up with Council Marks, uh, actually that's the um, required or that's recommended surface for all parks and recreation now in the East Coast. So okay. that's that surface. So thank you, Councilor Scott Just wanted Scott to share Cole. that. Thank you. Okay, so it sounds like I'm getting a consensus here that the park, the papers regarding the park should move forward yes. uh, to a regular scheduled meeting. And table um, Thomas And books. I agree with my colleagues wholeheartedly that uh, these parks, uh, these papers regarding the park should move forward. Um, I think they're all good projects that uh, the, uh, the entire community will be able to benefit from. So uh, that is that. And we have the last, so the last one in front of us is the Thomas Brooks Park Master Plan. We can table that, Mr. President. Phase one. Is that, does the council have a general feeling as to whether or not this should be, and Roberta, excuse me, but did you say that this still looking could be pushed till next month? Is that what you were saying? I just want to show you have this straight. Yes, because the historical commission would like to be present to be able to present this okay. project and to answer the council's questions and they were not able to come on short notice this evening. So, so you recommending that but this be pushed to January? That we wait until next month. Okay. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The table. Okay. Roberta, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Okay. So listen to these projects here tonight. Uh, it sounds like that they're ready to move forward onto the formal agenda for next Tuesday. Correct. Is there a motion? A motion to move uh, favorably on the six presented. Uh, Second, Mr. President. Uh, okay, so on the motion of Council Scarpelli to, to move, move forward, forward with all but one of the projects. That we've tabled. Uh, favorably seconded by Vice President Caviello. Council Marks. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I know we're going to take a formal vote, but I would ask tonight that we take a, a, a roll call vote on each of the projects Absolutely. we're approving. And also, Mr. President, uh, that uh, the Riverside Ave stormwater improvement project, mm -hmm. which I believe is row three, they refer to it as, uh, that as part of that uh, approval process tonight, that discussions be held between the Method Conservation Commission and the Method Housing Authority regarding the construction cost. And if Method Housing Authority uh, is willing to uh, pick up some of the cost for construction, Mr. President. So I'd ask that be part of the report on approval. Okay, thank you. Uh, Clerk Hurtabies, do you have that information for the report? I got it, Mr. President. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll vote on these individually now, and yep. uh, we will uh, vote again uh, in our next formal. formal session on Tuesday night. So on the motion of Councilor Scarpelli, seconded by uh, President Caviello to, uh, to approve project, we'll call it, uh, let's see, was we'll go in the order that they were presented. So to row four, uh, project name, replace the concrete pool deck and install mushroom in the waiting pool, the project location is Tufts Pool, 449 Move approval. On that motion. Second. 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 Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. I, I, I can't type that fast. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is, this is to approve funding for the Tufts Pool project. Councilor Scarpelli made the motion. Who has the second? Uh, originally it was uh, Vice President Carviello. Okay. On that motion, right. Clerk Hardeby's, please call the roll. Okay. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. Yes. Thank you. President Falco. Yes. Six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. The motion passes. Okay, next project. Uh, Riverside Ave stormwater improvements at 121 Riverside Ave on the motion of. Hang on. Motion to approve as amended. <laughs> Phil stressed. That was as he got that haircut. He was very stressed. <laughs> So you want to you move for approval with council as, as amended by council marks to uh, reflect all the information the committee reports. You is that are correct. correct. Yes. That, that motion was councilor Bears as amended by councilor marks and seconded by councilor Morell. Okay. With councilor Morell second. You ready for the roll call? Yes, I am. Council Bears. Yes. <coughs> Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. The motion passes. So the next project was optimizing the exterior space for the new Medford Library located at 111 High Street. 
Motion to approve. On the motion of Councilor Scarpelli to approve, seconded by Vice President Carviello. the motion vice president carriello second are you ready for the roll call yes council bears yes vice president carriello yes council knight is absent council marks yes yes council morell yes council scarpelli yes president falco yes 60 the affirmative zero on the negative one absent the motion passes next project is the grove street wall restoration this is phase three Brooks Estate. Move approval. Project location 275 Grove Street, Memphis, Massachusetts, 02155. And that is uh, offered by uh, Council Scarpelli, seconded by Council Mark. <laughs> Clerk Herdebees, when you're ready, if you could please call the roll. Okay. And it's a motion by Council Scarpelli with a second from Council Marks. You are correct. Okay. Here comes the roll call. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. That motion passes. Next is the Dugga Park, Dugga Park Tennis Courts, located at Mystic River Road. Move approval. On the motion of Councilor Morell to approve, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. What is it? <laughs> okay. When's he up again? <laughs> to the, to the Duggar Parks. Duggar Parks. Uh, Is he up this year? Tennis courts. No. Here comes the roll call. Yes. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Uh, Council Knight's absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Six in the affirmative. Zero in the negative. One absent. That motion passes. Next project is the Playstead Park Basketball Court, located at 100 Playstead Road. On the motion of? Motion approved. Councilor Scarpelli. Second. Seconded by Vice President Caviello. Hang on. I know. <laughs> okay. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. 
Yes, six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. The motion passes. Next project is the playground surfacing at Tufts Capen in Cummings Park, located at Tufts 437 Main Street, Capen 199 Capen Street, Cummings 17 through 21 Lyman Avenue. On the motion of motion for approval. Second. Vice President Caviello, seconded by Councilor Marks. Clerk Erdemies, please call the roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Marianne, she's freezing okay. herself. Council Bears. Yes. <laughs> Vice President Carriello. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falcon. Yes. Six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. The motion passes. Uh, the only other project that is here is the Thomas Brooks Park Master Plan Implementation Phase 1. Second. And that is uh, that on the motion of Vice President, uh, Vice President Cobb, do you want to keep this in committee? Okay, so we can table. Okay, on the motion of uh, Vice President Caviello to table this project, uh, seconded by... T table based on the recommendation of the CPA, uh, Roberta Cameron's Table based on the recommendation of the CPA... Committee. Second by Councilor Marks. Okay, hang on. Hang on, that's 11. Mm. Mm. Apparently, we didn't check his typing skills when we interviewed him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't keep up with the speed of the, of the talking. <laughs> All right. On the motion of the the table. Council Bears. Call the roll. Council Bears. Yeah. Yes. Vice President Carabiel. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, six in the affirmative, zero in the negative, one absent. That motion passes. This paper is tabled. Motion to Mr. President, before we adjourn. Uh, before we adjourn, Council, Vice President Caviello. Mr. President, it would be um, one of your last gestures as president. Uh, maybe you can get the heat turned on in this room here. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's 65 degrees here. It's not fair to us to sit here while the hallway is warmer out there than it is in here. I'll see what we can do. It is a bit yeah. chilly in here tonight. Yeah, so. it's, it's, been a bit, it's been a bit chilly all the nights in here, Mr. President. Okay. Well, I'll speak so 65 degrees is not acceptable the, the, for us to sit here and freeze. The, the, the clerk has notified me that he will, uh, he will take care of that and uh, it should be nice and warm next Tuesday night when we meet again. Thank you. On the motion, of, oh, you're very welcome. On the motion of <laughs> Councilor Marks, seconded by... Council Morrell to adjourn the meeting. Clerk Erdemies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight is absent. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Stockwell. Yes. Six in the affirmative, zero in the negative. One absent. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Good night. Uh, thank you for all the presentations tonight. And, uh, Stay safe, be healthy, and uh, be careful driving with the uh, snow.
no coming up. Well, so thank you and good night. Meeting adjourned. Thank you.